0: In this episode of 2000 Bucks, serial entrepreneur Kevin Johnson talks to us about why it takes the same amount of energy to pursue a small goal as it does to pursue a big goal and why being successful should not be the goal of an ambitious entrepreneur. Also listen closely because I'm really excited that we're giving away 100 free copies of this audiobook today and all the details are in the interview. So make sure to listen closely. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books, where we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs. Books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, self-help, and much more. And I'm your host, Manny Vial. Today, I'm really excited to be talking with Kevin Johnson. Kevin is a serial entrepreneur and president and founder of Johnson Media Inc., a multi-million dollar marketing agency that serves Fortune 100 companies. He's a software engineer by education, and he started his first company when he was in college and hasn't looked back since. Today, we're talking about his awesome book, The Entrepreneur Mind. Kevin, welcome to the show, my man.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk with you.
0: Hey, uh, I'm excited as well, man. Uh, It's a great book. You have, uh, the subtitle of the book is 100 Essential Beliefs, Characteristics, and Habits of Elite Entrepreneurs. So usually I'll ask my um, authors, why should an entrepreneur read your book? But in this case, I don't think I need to ask that because you've answered that already with the title (laughs) of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So let's talk about your personal story and what led you to writing this book.
1: Sure. I am not your typical entrepreneur, or or maybe I am, we'll investigate that, but I never envisioned myself being an entrepreneur until uh, I started my first business uh, project, actually in, in high school. Uh, a good friend of mine, and I, I talked briefly about this, in the book, uh, attended MIT, in Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Boston. and. Uh, when I would go home from college, at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, I would intern at IBM uh, or subsidiary of IBM called Lotus. Uh, many know Lotus Notes, <laughs> right? Back in the day. Uh, in fact, some companies still use that. And that's another story. But I would intern there, and we would hang out, and we'd actually go to the Athena Labs at uh, MIT and work on different projects to see how we could use our computer programming skills to um, learn, number one, but uh, number two, try and make some money at the same time. So we started, uh, one of the businesses that we started was called Jazz Icons, literally building uh, interactive web pages for the outstanding musicians at uh, Berklee College of Music in Boston. And so we would work with all types of technologies that we take for granted now, such as PHP, MySQL, a lot of the different programming languages that are in many ways still used today. And so that's where I I caught the bug, the entrepreneurial bug. Uh, Went back to Atlanta and continued to um, do different things, try different concepts, try different businesses, and ultimately stumbled upon uh, an idea that, that really worked out well, uh, and I created a platform for college students in the Atlanta area that took off and did really well, uh, so well that it actually uh, was depended upon by the schools uh, because our uptime was, was, was better than theirs. So we had a lot of success doing that, and from there I just pivoted a few times, um, started off as a website and internet consulting company. Then got into the print publishing world, um, launching a magazine using that same audience I served with the website. And then in 2008, when the market crashed and no one wanted to buy advertising, we pivoted again. So instead of creating publications, we asked a lot of our clients, can we create the advertising? Can we create the print ad? Can we create the mobile app for you? And they said, go for it. Um, and that's where we pivoted into what we are today which is a full service uh, award winning marketing and communications firm so that's my my story in short and it's been a wonderful awesome exciting ride
0: that's that's great and I don't know why you say you're not the typical entrepreneur because to me there is no typical entrepreneur in many ways you are a typical entrepreneur
1: <laughs> I appreciate it thanks for clarifying that <laughs>
0: Um so let's let's talk about the book. Uh, I, the book is like you got hundred great ideas in there. Give our listeners like a big picture, maybe a ten thousand feet overview of the book.
1: Sure. So, the the book is semi biographical. So I use parables and, and stories, war stories. Some people might refer to them as to get a point across, and it's been really effective and, and helped me to build my voice and, and is, I think, a large part of why the, the book continues to do so well. Uh, the book is broken into seven different areas, uh, strategy, education, people, finance, marketing and sales, leadership, and then finally, motivation. And so in each one of those chapters, I, I talk about a concept that's really important to developing your entrepreneurial not uh, mine for example in strategy uh, I talk about why you should hire a good lawyer um, and for example talk about why the business plan in my opinion is is overrated a lot of times um, another concept is you know a bad economy is a great opportunity so these all contribute to the strategy uh, education that's a little uh, self-explanatory uh, people, you know, your business is as good as its people, right? Um, and also, you want to surround yourself with great people and and, and great um, influencers like yourself, right? Communities of like-minded people to propel you forward. And so, some of the concepts under the people chap, uh, people chapter include finding the right mentor, right? Um, one of the most popular parts and one of my favorite parts of the people chapter is. The part when I talk about how you should choose your spouse wisely right I get it's lots a funny of story <laughs> right yeah. I get lots of feedback on that one and um, lots of laughs and uh, a lot of people can relate
0: yeah. to
1: that um, finance uh, I'm a big personal finance guy and I thought it was important to include that uh, and in that chapter I talk about why it's so important to have different banks right to minimize risk um, manage your own personal debt well and these are all things that will affect how you finance your business um, and just how you are perceived by others who may want to um, see what your credit is like etc to do business uh, marketing and sales love that section as well um, I talk about how you're in sales whether you want to be or not for example uh, you know the importance of asking the right questions uh, I, that's a really important one for me because When I started out, I didn't know how to ask the right questions, right? I was asking the wrong questions uh, and not necessarily getting the answers I needed to better serve uh, or even close uh, or even identify my my clients, potential clients. Um, Six, leadership, you know, talk about being a maverick. In fact, I referred to the two Steve, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, and how they were in their youth uh, mavericks, um, sometimes people that we may think are not going to be the most successful actually turn out to be the most successful because they were the Mavericks. Um, and then finally, Chapter 7, Motivation, I talk about why it's so important to have the right motivation and I, I think we'll talk a little bit about uh, that later and why you know seeking success for success's sake is a very dangerous uh, motivation. So that's the book in about uh, two and a half minutes.
0: (laughs) Right on. And let's uh, dive into some of the ideas in the book because here we believe that we want to make it digestible for our listeners. And I want to focus on three specific ideas. You want to really spend some time on three specific, really important ideas that are really important for entrepreneurs. And uh, not only that, we want to get into stories. We want to get into anecdotes, your personal war stories, or any stories from other people, any other inspirational stories. And uh, one of the really important ones you pointed out early on in the book is the idea that you've got to be able to create new markets. So talk about that.
1: Yeah, this is actually right from the beginning, right? Chapter one is concerning strategy. Uh, the first chapters think big and the number two chapters create new markets. And I felt that it was so important to address this uh, at the beginning of the book because it, it, it'll really help new entrepreneurs get going in the right direction. Um, and so I, I can't take all the credit. <laughs> I was inspired by... Uh, a wonderful book that i encourage you to also buy if you haven't bought uh bought my book and it's called blue ocean strategy uh, yeah it's creating a gem your own market yeah it's a gem i mean it really changed how i approach business how i think about business um and and it's changed uh, millions of lives as as well and s- subsequent editions etc um but let me sort of break it down and then i'll i'll talk about what i i Address in the book. But in general, the blue ocean strategy refers to a market that is uh, basically untapped, right? That doesn't have a lot of competition in it. Uh, On the other hand, there are red oceans or conditions where businesses viciously fight against each other for a share of the marketplace. Um, These are really competitive marketplaces. uh, And the red denotes a lot of sharks, right? So you'll, you'll get eaten alive. Because there's so much competition in the, uh, the red oceans. Ideally, when starting a new business, you want to be in a blue ocean. Uh, and blue oceans have significantly more profit potential. Um, some of the blue ocean uh, companies uh, are like um, Cirque du Soleil, right? They sort of created this new category uh, that has done very well over the years. Whereas um, a red ocean company or industry... Might be one where there's just fierce competition, uh, where there are commodities, right? Things that you can get very easily, and there's not much that you can do to distinguish one commodity to the other. Um, and so I learned this concept with the first business that I started. So in college, when I created that website that I mentioned earlier, I was essentially creating a blue ocean unknowingly, and it really turned out to be a great thing because. There was no other competition or direct competition uh, online. And so literally we had uh, tens of thousands of students using that website. Uh, And it it allowed us to literally reach out to companies and say, hey, we have the best method to reach the target audience that you're trying to reach. Uh, At the time, there was another publication and there were other ways to reach the market that we served. And that would have been more so a red ocean. Uh, and so learning this very early on and, and knowing how much profit came from being the only company in that space really set a precedent. And then when I came across the concept uh, formalized and backed up with statistics and data in Blue Ocean Strategy, it just it really put the, the icing on the cake, so to speak. Such that now, whenever I start a business, the first thing I ask is, are we proceeding into a blue ocean or are we proceeding into a red ocean? And if we're proceeding into a red ocean, we may want to rethink our approach. Um, um, And that's where the marketing really comes in to set yourself apart and give yourself a competitive advantage. So that's uh, a little bit about creating uh, new markets Um, in the real world. A better example may be the iPhone, right? So the iPhone didn't exist. When uh, Steve Jobs and Apple launched the iPhone, uh, there weren't any direct competitors for that type of device in the market. In fact, they created the whole uh, app store around that and just created a a market which which they continue to dominate in large part today. So it really is in early uh, entrepreneurs' interest to try and create things that are really unique that will uh, be first to market uh, and not have to deal with a lot of competition.
0: Yeah, and the amazing thing about it is that it isn't always necessarily about new technology, but it's also about just the way you create value for the customers or or create value for yourself in some ways.
1: Well, I I love that you mentioned that because whenever we think of innovation, we often think of technology um and, and and engineers are especially good at, at really realizing this but you know innovation and in technology can come through a process innovation right um thinking or approaching a problem in a completely different way so uh i love that comment because innovation i think is a lot broader um than we give it credit for
0: yeah and um yeah so so this is this is really important this is a this is a powerful idea here just to be aware of it as we go through our journeys because as we build our businesses even as we're evolving our businesses we can continue to evolve and change and be aware of the strategy Um, and as kevin said it's a great book great read so highly recommend it Um, let's talk about the next big idea i think this is these are the one of the two early on two big ideas which is think big or In some ways, you say it takes the same amount of energy to pursue a small idea as it does to pursue a big idea. Now, it sounds counterintuitive. It doesn't sound real, but unpack it for us.
1: Right, and I think this particular concept has a special significance for those who are in in the early startup phase, right? So if you're working a lot by yourself or you have a small team, uh, a lot of the work that you're putting in to create a small idea um, often equals the same amount of work that it would uh, take to create a big idea. Um, And I I learned that through my personal experience. And so, uh, especially in the consulting world. So uh, if you're in the services businesses and you're either a software programmer or you're providing some type of service rather than a product, um, a lot of times the big clients Require almost just as much time as the little ones, and in fact, some of the little clients that you may have um, are not necessarily worth it, right? Uh, I also talk in the book about how at certain times a client isn't worth having, right? You got to cut your losses, um, and you, you have to choose your battles and choose your headaches. Um, and so, early on when consulting with companies, um, I learned that I had to think big. First, to go after those big accounts, and once we won those bigger accounts, we realized that uh, the same amount of effort that we put in servicing small clients or small, uh, smaller dollar projects, um, you know, the, the comparison the, there was no comparison. And, and from that point on, we always thought that we're going to go after the largest projects um, because that's worth the, the the effort that we put out. And, and we put into it. So, yeah, I mean, it is counterintuitive, but it, it often takes a bit of experience to learn it. Uh, but the great idea is that there are folks like you and, and me who can <laughs> tell those who are starting up that it really takes uh, an equal amount of time. And, and you know, the, the, another part of that concept is, you know, time is um, we don't have a lot of time. I'll put it that way. You know, if I could go back in time and tell myself what I know now, um, I would even do things a little differently. Uh, One of my favorite studies that recently came out uh, says that uh, after interviewing uh, thousands of entrepreneurs, that the average time for a company to reach the million dollar revenue mark is about 11 years. So, and that's that's the average, right? So that means some people took <laughs> longer than eleven years, and some people took shorter. Uh, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, etc. Um, but it, it had particular relevance to my situation because it took me about uh, about that amount of time to get to the million dollar revenue mark. Um, so I always ask people, you know, what are you in this for? What's your time horizon? You know, everyone wants to aspire to make the million dollars, but are you willing to wait 11 years are you willing to go through the hardships are you willing to think big and are you willing to to put in the, the work in a smart way and so back to the concept and how it relates to the 11 years i think how you work is so important to how fast you get to reaching your goals whether it's you know making a million in revenues etc you could be on the 18 year or the 20 year track but you know, if you uh, focus on those big ideas um, and and managing your time efficiently, uh, you'll get there a, a lot faster.
0: This is great. By the way, I want to know where you found the study and if you have any links or um, anything that can direct our listeners and myself to it, that would be great. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, All right. I'll look for it and hopefully our listeners will find it in the show notes when I get it from Kevin.
1: Well, I think it's um, ah, it'll it'll hit hit me a little later, but I know it was featured on Forbes a while ago, um, and um, if it comes to mind, I'll I'll definitely let let your listeners know because I mean it's statistics like that that really you know lay it out and give people realistic expectations, right?
0: Yeah. This is this is this is awesome, and it's really important to realize that if it's gonna you know if it's gonna take the time, might as well freaking dream big and go big rather than uh, you know pursue a small idea, and uh, let that take a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was it was actually done. Uh, the study was actually done by Ryan Westwood, and he's the CEO of Outbox Systems. And so they they interviewed. Um, 10,000 successful entrepreneurs who had been running ventures for about a a year or more. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they, they came up with, um, uh, with those stats. So yeah, if you, I think if you Google Ryan Westwood outbox systems and sort of the 10,000 successful entrepreneur study, you'll, you'll be able to bring that up and see that it's about 11 years to get that, that million dollar revenue mark
0: definitely we'll google it and put it in the show notes so our listeners can get hold of it as well um now let's talk about the third key idea third really big idea i think it's one of my favorites because i guess um as an engineer uh it's and as a physicist i love the idea of paradoxes and (laughs) of opposites you know quantum physics is full of paradoxes and this is one of those ideas where you say being successful is not the goal tell us about it
1: Wow. And the older I get and the more, uh, n- you know, wisdom and knowledge, uh, I really learned, uh, learned, you know, more about this. Um, one of my, my mentors who is uh, in Heroes is a, a gentleman named Andrew Young, Ambassador Young. He was actually the mayor here of Atlanta. He was also a congressman. Um, and he was also the right hand man of Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, really great guy, and he mentioned uh, to me one time that you'll find success through significance, and that's something that really stuck with me, because you know as we're growing up, and uh, especially as we're starting out uh, uh, in our twenties our or even our teens, and sometimes into our early thirties, you know we we imagine success being what we have, right? Or what magazine may have covered our story or, you know, what other people think of us when that's not really what it's about. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people who are aspiring to be entrepreneurs now are aspiring to be entrepreneurial because they see the results of the work and, and, and the so-called success that these entrepreneurs get, they're not necessarily in it for value creation or making sure that the customers are, are, are king, so to speak. Um, and so I think there's somewhat of a disconnect and I always try to to dispel the myths of, of what the, you know, um, this, I guess, unrealistic idea of being an entrepreneur is. I always try to make sure that I, I spread that because Ultimately what's going to be most important to you is how you uh, affect uh, the world in a positive way I think you know um I recently heard an interview with Scooter Braun another contemporary here out of Atlanta Scooter is he's an investor now with Uber and uh, but most know him because he was uh or still is Justin Bieber's uh manager
0: Well I know him because he's the brother of Adam Braun the founder's uh, founder of Pencils of Promise
1: Ah, there you see. It's a small world, right? So, and and Scooter had an interview with Charlie Rose, maybe about, I think, last week. And he talked about um, what success is for him. And it was interesting because he mentioned that, you know, everyone has this number, uh, financial number of what success will be, right? Or even this possession, this car, this house. And he said, you know, if If that were the case, he said, if I had that number and I thought I had it where I would be completely successful, uh, well, I've passed that beyond my wildest dreams. And so having gotten to that level, I didn't feel like I had attained the level of success um, and significance that I wanted. So for him um, and for me in many ways, it's about um, giving back, helping those that are less fortunate, being a good husband, good father. And just being an, an all around um, great you know contributors to, to society and bringing value to the market um, and unfortunately I think with a lot uh, a, a lot of the younger generation it's just kind of just cool to be an entrepreneur and you you definitely don't want to fall into that trap find a, a problem and find a great solution uh, get passionate about that make sure it's in line with your passions and move forward so uh, and not try to follow this this crazy idea of what success is because it, it, you know you'll you'll be disappointed
0: yeah and it is you know as i as i alluded to as as we started this point um you know it is paradoxical in many ways the idea that being successful is not the goal because when we stop trying to be successful, is actually when we can really be successful. And well, <laughs> um, what I mean by that is when we stop trying to look at the external achievements as the measure of success, uh, then it's easier to find true fulfillment and true success, and to really achieve the goal that we have.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I think a lot of of what success is for an individual, stems from that individual knowing themselves, right? Or those individuals knowing themselves. Because success for me is different for, uh, is different than what your success may be. It's different than what scooters may be or, uh, you know, um, or Brian Chesky at Airbnb, what, what have you. So success is different, but I think there is a commonality that success isn't predicated on or, or true success uh, being true to yourself isn't predicated on what others think and what possessions you may have because that all can be taken away.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Mark Zuckerberg said it uh, he said I, "He said we don't uh, make a great product in, in order to make money we make money in order to build a great product.
1: Yeah I love that I remember when he said that um, it was a few years ago and I was like that's that's the true sign of of a leader and I think a mantra and an ideology that not only he believes in but also you know his employees and partners can follow as well
0: yeah yeah and it is fascinating he's one of you know if you consider if you count by any standards uh, he is one of the most successful entrepreneurs today so fascinating how it all works out
1: and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned him because he, you know, he just set up the large foundation that's really important to him and his wife. And um, I think they set out a goal to eradicate certain illnesses by a certain uh, date. And so I, I think for him, when it's all said and done, that will be more important than uh, some of the things that he's done through Facebook or even some of the acquisitions. Yeah. So. Uh, that 's impressive to me uh, and shows his leadership and maturity and I think that that comes with time but if you can understand that early as an entrepreneur, then you can really really make a change a bigger impact earlier and I, I think it 's even reflective too of the younger generation or the millennials because you know now we 've got the new B classification of companies right companies that want to make a profit, but they also also want to make a change in society. And I think that's with a new definition of success.
0: Okay, so this is great. And now I want to talk about action items. But before we do that, let me remind our listeners that for today only, for today only, we're giving away 100 copies of today's book, of this book. But once those audiobooks are gone, they are gone. So all you need to do is to text the word summary to four four two two two, and we will send you all the details as to how to grab your free audiobook. Okay, so back to action items. Now let's give our listeners three specific action items that they can go and apply today.
1: Yeah, I, I guess we'll let's let's work backwards. So let's start with uh, the true definition of success, um, and, and I think everyone has to go through the process of figuring out what that success is. So literally write down um, how you want to impact the world um, as a result of starting your business or perhaps through your business, right? Um, It's interesting. A lot of people that will seek my help for mentorship, uh, when they're writing their goals for their business, they'll have a goal for a specific profit, but then they'll have a goal Uh, that's based on their value system and how they want to change the world in some way. So I encourage new entrepreneurs who are are setting out on this wonderful journey to literally give it some thought. Uh, Write down those goals, put it in a journal and revisit those those goals uh, of how you want to change the world and what success is. If you don't write it down, it doesn't
0: exist. Very well said.
1: Yeah. So, and the second, if you, let me see, I want to jump to the marketing because I'm a marketing guy. So we'll we'll, we'll go back to the first one of creating new markets, um, and I have two for these two action items. Um, and even though it's it, this is about me and the the entrepreneur mind. Definitely follow up on that um, blue ocean strategy. Buy that book, dissect it, and use the concepts there to look at your own business, right? See if you are in a red ocean or, or see if you are in a blue ocean and take the, uh, uh, the, the right steps accordingly. So first of all, you know, determine what type of ocean you're in. Uh, if you're in a red ocean, you've got some marketing work to do. Really try and find what your competitive advantage is, what you can do to market yourself or your company, your product differently to stand out, because ultimately that's what's, and to bring you ultimate success. Of course, you would get that from a marketing guy. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's important.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that marketing piece is 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 so so important. Uh in the third, I'm trying to recall. Uh what was the third? It takes the same
0: amount of energy to pursue a small idea as it does to yeah. pursue. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the the first step that's somewhat related is you know it's hard because there's a prerequisite for this. You have to think big, right? So if you've got small ideas and small projects, you know, I encourage you to overcome that fear of going after something big. For years, um, it we chased small contracts, especially when we, we change to a service oriented company. Um, and those small contracts will drive you crazy, right? So, uh, think big uh, and go after those big, big contracts um, so that you'll be efficiently using your energy and you'll be more profitable.
0: How about we quantify it by saying you go for contracts that are 10x bigger?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's great. I, I mean, for us, what I did was um, I went to uh, my mentor, advocate, and I said, hey, show me what a winning proposal for a $40 million contract looks like. Um, and I, I was literally blown away by what that looked like. Cause I'm very visual on my team. We feel that we can do anything. It's just, we would love to see what it looks like, um, to do that. So we saw a proposal and we said, we can do that. We definitely can do that. Um, and so, yeah, once you get that confidence and you find, um, what it's going to take to get there, go after it completely. Don't, don't do anything small. And, it's easier said than done. I, I must admit that, and it's gonna hurt in the short term. But in the long term, uh, long term, you'll be so much more thankful.
0: Yeah, and it seems like part of that action item, that advice you have given, is also to go hang with giants, to go find people <laughs> yeah. who are thinking way bigger than you are, because they will change that for you.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's right. And you know, I heard someone describe it recently. That we're we're scared of of wild success, right? Or um, large uh, windfalls, right? Is is you know it seems like everybody wants it, but you know it's it's kind of scary with, when you win that that huge contract. <laughs> You're like, oh, um, I, I I did this. Now I have to actually follow through with it, right? And service this contract or create these widgets that were ordered um, through whatever platform so you know it's 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 all a part of the the entrepreneurial maturation process uh, and it's worth going after the big ideas
0: absolutely well this has been great kevin a lot of learning a lot of uh, uh, great ideas Um, so tell our listeners how to get hold of you and where to find the book and everything else
1: sure yeah the best way to reach out to me uh, is through the book's website. You can visit www.theentrepreneurmind.com. And if you, like me, still have trouble spelling entrepreneur, you can just pop it into <laughs> the Google. Uh, the Google will get you there. Um, you can find me on on Twitter at BizWizKevin. That's B I Z W I Z Kevin. Uh, and um, my email is Kevin at JohnsonMedia.com. Would love to hear from you all. And- I don't mind interacting and helping people whenever I can.
0: Boom, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Kevin.
1: Oh, you you are definitely welcome, man. I appreciate everything that you do. uh, And if there's anything I can do to support you, I definitely will do it.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Of course, all the links from the show today will be on the show notes page. There you can also download the summary and action guide of the book. So just head on over to 2000books.com and you will find everything right there.